the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. I am Seth. Our phone number is 602-508-0960, 602-5080-960. If you uh, would like to call in, we have a few people in a, uh, I'm going to get to in just a moment uh, and a few lines open as well. If you'd like to weigh in, if you missed my monologue on uh, the Mar-a-Lago raid, did that in the last hour, you can always get my monologues at 960thepatriot.com or any part of this show. 960thepatriot.com has everything we do. I'll just say this. I was finishing the last hour on this point, and I'll, I'll say it now to set up a little bit of what I'm curious your thoughts are. There's no question but that there had to be political considerations in what the attorney general and the Department of Justice did in dispatching the FBI to seize records at Mar-a-Lago. There had to have been a political consideration. Uh, I believe it is a lie that the administration is putting out right now that they, the president, did not know about this ahead of time and learned about it on social media after the fact. I believe that to be a lie. There is no way that this couldn't have been signed off on without the attorney general's say so. And there is no way the attorney general would say so going after a former president of the United States in, yes, a word that's overused, but also true, an unprecedented search and seizure. Um, it, there's no way it wouldn't have happened without notifying the president of the United States. They're, they're just lying plainly to you right now. Uh, point one, I'll get, I'll get to a few other points in just a moment. Point two. Where is Mark Kelly on this? And where are all those Republicans who are supporting Mark Kelly? They told us they were supporting him even before the Republican primary took place. Here's Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo. I will read what he tweeted. DOJ must immediately explain the reason for its raid, and it must be more than a search for inconsequential archives, or it will be viewed as a political tactic and undermine any future credible investigation and legitimacy of January 6th investigations. If you want to know what Mark Kelly is talking about, you obviously go to his website and to the section on his press releases. He is strutting about the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. I don't care what kind of Republican you are, social, moderate, any kind of conservative, libertarian, neocon, I don't care, paleocon, traditionalist, I don't care. Every single kind of Republican at least opposes higher taxes and the expansion of the IRS. Does he have anything to say about strutting over the fact that they're hiring 87,000 new IRS agents? Or is he all about just giving the government a free hand as long as the word agent is attached to your name, whether it be IRS or FBI? As I was saying at the last uh, segment of the last hour, I I think there are really only three. I'm open to your input on other ones I may be missing, but I think there are only three political considerations that could have taken place here 
in the execution of what took place at Mar-a-Lago. One is this will harm Donald Trump. This will harm Donald Trump, and then the justifications would be because they know they have stuff on him that they can ratchet up to a criminal charge. I don't quite believe it, though, because I don't can't conceive of what possible criminal conduct they have in mind. I can't conceive of it. Andy McCarthy thinks they're trying to get January 6th information for January 6th. What have they not been able to get that they need for January 6th at this point? At this point, what more is there to find out about criminal conduct on January 6th? There was no criminal conduct by the president on January 6th, unless we're now going to criminalize speech and the encouragement to march peacefully and patriotically. He didn't encourage it. So that one lane is they must think this will hurt Donald Trump. The second consideration, which you have to bring in with the first one, is the other side of that coin, is if we're not careful here, maybe this will drive more sympathy to Donald Trump or substantiate fears about the Democratic Party. And we don't want that backlash. Well, they went ahead anyway, didn't they? So I think there's a third road here, and it's the most dangerous. It's pyromaniacal, and I hate to say it, but I can conclude no other road. You tell me if I'm missing something. And it's the road that they want to encourage, catalyze, or inspire an event, an overreaction. They want to inspire or cause an overreaction in a country that is already dry as tinder they want to put a match on it so that they can even go more heavy-handed that's what i'm thinking the thinking is and if they are doing that they're doing worse than playing on our worst fears they're they're doing much worse than that they're creating a civil war deliberately if that is the mode of the inevitable they wish to come to pass, to borrow for all, from Oliver Wendell Holmes, then they're doing more than playing with fire. They're playing with war. 602-508-0960. Rick is in Paradise Valley. Hello, Rick. Hello. Enjoy your show. Thank you. And I uh, woke up this morning after a, well, a relatively sleepless night more disgusted and outraged with this administration than I ever thought I could be, and that set the bar pretty high. I imagine it did, yeah, right. I got to thinking, as I have a number of times, how helpless individual citizens feel about times like this, and what could I do today that might make me feel a little better anyway? I called about 30 of our representative, Republican representatives in the House and senators and suggested the following. Let's stage a walkout with every single Republican member of Congress participating in protest of this last action, but also included in there the actions of the FBI and Justice Department since this administration took office, and actually beforehand. Let's call attention to it in the only way I know how to do something in mass that would be both peaceful and yet send a message, hopefully, to the rest of the country and hopefully the world. I don't know. I uh, No, I think that's right, Rick. I mean, I think that's right. I think, I, I think encouraged calling 
uh, encouragement to call representatives. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't confine it to just Republicans. Uh, Cinema and Kelly, Senator Cinema and Senator Mark Kelly here, um, get a lot of uh, credibility, deserve it or undeserve it. I think undeserve it, but they get a lot of credibility from a lot of Republicans because they once in a while vote okay on a process issue or vote okay on an economic issue once in a while. But they 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 um, they exist. They subsist on a lot of Republican support. I think they I think they should be called. As, as, yeah. And as a matter of fact, so in my calls to the offices, uh, those messages I left and or I spoke with individual staff members, I also included and some Democratic colleagues. Good. That are patriotic. Good. If we can find a few. Good. It's, Good. I think it's important. I think this more. is a testing time, and I think it's a testing moment. By the way, yeah. the leader. This. 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 I hate to report this because I know. I know how angry it will make people. But you know, we're here, we're here for clarity, not 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 feeling good, right? Uh, Senator, your right. your 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 Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, was asked about the raid today by a reporter. You want to know what he said? Yes, I do. I want to know. I don't. I didn't hear. Quit. Yeah. Quote. I'm here to talk about the flood and recovery from the flood. Close quote. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, isn't it? Mitch was. Is, one, isn't that wonderful? Mitch's office. Yeah, he's got your back. Yeah. He's got your back. Yeah, he really does. No, he's worthless. I mean, you know, <laughs> people are complaining here and there about. I don't know, a new Republican Party or a newly invigorated Republican Party or a more conservative Republican Party. Can you blame them? Can you blame them? Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. When they go low, we go right. We uh, have a great habit of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah, I'm worried about that, too. Uh, I'm worried about that one, too. We had a caller in the last hour, Tina. She, Rick, by the way, thank you. I like your advice. Uh, Tina, in the, in the previous uh, hour, was talking about, you know, we just, all eyes are going to be on us. And if they're going to try and inspire a Reichstag moment, let's not take the bait. Because there is good news here. There is, in fact, some good news here. I think they have energized something they didn't realize they energized. I think if the gamble was sympathy uh, against Trump, they were wrong. It's going to be sympathy for Trump. It's going to be sympathy against a deep and all-powerful state. It's going to be antagonism toward the Democratic Party. And, you know, in three months, we will just show them. In three months, we will show them. And then what we can do after that three months, after January, we'll talk about that when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. If you are looking for a really unique investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at Y-Refi. What they are offering is a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25%. For, in, for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Why Refi helps people doing their best to dig out a debt the right way by paying off their debts, doing so with dignity. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm real, run by really good people, as I say. They're investors who do really well by doing good for others, and you can too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y dot. Com or give them a call at 855-316-3087. 855-316-3087. Mark is in Cave Creek. Hello, Mark. 
Hi, Seth. I haven't checked in with you for a little while, but uh, as I've heard you frequently comment, uh, language is so important. And I just wanted to challenge you on getting caught in calling these bozos our leaders. Uh-huh. Uh, there are there are elected uh, public officials at I th- best. Right? I think you're right, Mark. And, I think you're right to say it that they, way. Yeah. yeah. They totally they so totally need a correction. Yeah. From the people. And that's elected officials. That's all I had to say. No, I think you're right to hold me to that fire. I think that's right, Mark. You're right. I think they resigned leadership leaders. You know, how did Shakespeare put it? Some people uh, uh, achieve greatness. Some people have greatness uh, thrust upon them. And uh, exactly. Yeah. and, 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 And 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 you know what the thing is about greatness? Some people are born to greatness. Some people achieve greatness. Some have it thrust upon them. Thing about greatness is you can throw it away. Same thing about being a leader. History is replete with leaders who have thrown it away. I mean, a lot of us would say, you know, examples could include, I mean, someone like Richard Nixon. I mean, right? You, you can self-destruct. Absolutely. You can self-destruct. Absolutely. And, that, and that's what these people have done. They have abdicated the right to be called a leader. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I might add... Uh, those that would choose a role where they want to be called leader maybe deserve to be uh, examined even more closely. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. One should be concerned about those seeking power. That's your point. Because that's what are you going to do Adam, with that power? That's right. What are yeah, you going to do right. with that exactly. power? Are you going to use it to better the condition of your fellow citizens, or are you going to use it to wield your authority? For your own political purposes, that that those are the two options. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly Mark. right. All right. You got me. Thank you. Well, I thank you. You corrected <laughs> me, and that's the right response to being corrected is to say thank you. So thank you, Jeremy's in Mesa. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, Seth. I just wanted to say, you know, one thing that we can think about is as as this November comes, we may get more states in Republican control, and I just wanted to ask your opinion on what you think about an article. I know you've talked about it before, uh, and you're dubious or whatever, but an Article 5 convention where uh, an amendment is proposed through that convention process to limit these bureaucracies. Yeah, right. No, uh, we have. It's been a while since we've talked about it, hasn't it been? I I don't think I have talked about it in a while, so I haven't thought about it in a while. Uh, I'm still dubious, to be honest with you, Jeremy. I'm I'm open to your argument, um, but I'm still dubious. And the reasons for being so are that it seems like we have a hard enough just hard enough time just passing a majority piece of legislation, even when we're in the majority. Uh, right. <laughs> that's issue one. I, I I'm reminded of the old. Uh, 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 the old Jim Moore line. Uh, do you remember Jim Moore, the coach of the Indiana Colts? No. <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he, he was asked about whether his team could get to the Super Bowl. But Bill, Bill will play this. Stay with uh, me. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just want to win a game is the rest of that quote. And, yeah, you always cut off the best part. Anyway, Jeremy, also the question becomes who's going who's gonna to be part of that constitutional convention? I think I lost you. Uh, who's going to become part of that constitutional convention is 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 my concern about it. Uh, Phyllis Schlafly imagined a pretty good scenario. She was against it, and uh, and and one of her arguments was 
Think about your political conventions that we have every four years. Think about the Democratic Party conventions. Think about the Republican conventions. And think about, yeah, I mean, they're great and they're great fun and they're usually pretty good. At least ours are. But, you know, they're unruly. Now think about a convention having to do not with an electing a leader but changing the Constitution where you have both of those institutions, both of those conventions together. Right. I worry about I worry about a constitutional convention under Article five right now, especially given the state of knowledge about civics and constitutional history right now. I really do. Um, I, yeah, I, I think until and unless we can get a party that is coherent enough to pass simple legislation, you know, building a wall, protecting our border. My gosh, any number of simple things, reducing our taxes, um, Simple things that have been, you know, Republican Party and conservative movement catechism for a long time until we can just pass a simple piece of legislation. I mean, we have a party right now where the Senate minority leader, the head of the Republican Party in the Senate, doesn't even want to talk about what happened yesterday. He said so. That's our party, or at least a part of our party, at least a big part of elected officials in our party. I, I I worry about that. I, I just I would rather we go through the process of the election system we have now, where in November, I hope we can prove our metal strong enough to have a wave election. If we can ha- prove our metal strong enough to really take it to them in the House and in the Senate, then what we can do is hold hearings, issue subpoenas. We can. Uh, we can defund. We can use the power of the purse. We can restructure the FBI totally. We can restructure the Department of Justice totally. We can impeach Merrick Garland, maybe Joe Biden, and maybe the whole lot of them. That's going to be a lot easier to do on a majoritarian vote in the House than what's required with a constitutional amendment and convention, which will take a long time, too. I'm not sure we have that kind of time. So I tend to remain dubious about it, Jeremy. What's your thought? Well, I, I agree with what you said. I would say that uh, I'm incredulous about getting a, uh, to your point, a, a, a majority of, of Republicans, once they get to D.C., to actually do meaningful actions against the federal government. Yeah, no, I, mean, I what, get that. I get strong. that. Yeah, no, I get that. And I and I wonder if we can't do that, why we would succeed at a constitutional convention. Well, because we could we could uh, because that. I, well, I'm. Let me make one more point. Let me make one more point. This came up during the defense of marriage stuff in the uh, early 2000s. You know, you can pass any constitutional amendment. Uh, you want if you get the numbers and the power uh, behind you, you know, you can pass. We have constitutional amendments. They're pretty clear. The First Amendment couldn't be more clear. Look at what it has become in the hands of the judiciary. You know, just passing an amendment, even a clear amendment, doesn't solve the problem. The judiciary is the problem. You get good senators and a good president, you'll get a better judiciary. Donald Trump showed us that, didn't he? He showed us that. Reagan showed us that. Donald Trump showed us that. Um, And even then, it's still an uphill climb, isn't it? And up, it's a it's a Sisyphean task. I'm open to be convinced otherwise. I just I I think it's a heavy lift when we haven't passed the test of small things just yet. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Playoffs. I just hope we can win a game.
Well, welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. As I was saying earlier, times like this require uh, smart attorneys uh, and a few smarter than Hans uh, von Spakovsky over at the Heritage Foundation, where he is the manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative and a senior legal fellow at their Edwin Meese Center for Legal and Judicial Studies, formerly of the Federal Election Commission and the Department of Justice. Hans, welcome back to the Airwaves of Phoenix. Thank you on a busy day for being with us. Well, thanks for having me back. You betcha. Absolutely. Uh, Need some expertise. uh, And let's just start with what, you know, what your first thoughts were when you heard the news, if you heard it last night about uh, the... uh, the uh, can I call it a raid? Uh, I know some people don't like the use yeah. of the word raid, but I'm for lack of anything other than what it looks like, raid at Mar-a-Lago. What were your first thoughts? I was shocked. I mean, shocked. This has never happened before in the entire history of our country. This is unprecedented to execute a criminal search warrant against the, a former president and to search his home. I, I was just shocked by this, and I continue to be shocked by it because uh, it it just seems way overboard for this to have happened. The the thing that I first thought about, Hans, if I may, was that you would execute a warrant in pursuit of a crime, investigating a crime, and I can't for the life of me think of what criminal activity would... um, would require such such an aggressive uh, such an aggressive intrusion. I mean, if it's the Presidential Records Act, my goodness gracious, that would be ratcheting up something beyond anything it's ever it ever was intended to be. I, I can't imagine what underlying crime they they could possibly be thinking of. Nothing seriously has been alleged against Donald Trump as far as having break, broken a, a federal law. Is there? No, I mean I agree with you, and in fact. Um no evidence has been produced to date by either the FBI, the Justice Department, or even the January 6th Committee um, indicating that there was any violation of a federal criminal law by the president. And if this really is about the Federal Records Act, yeah. um, then, you know, why would they issue this kind of a search warrant? Why didn't they simply have their DOJ lawyers, talk to Donald Trump's lawyers, set up a time to go to Mar-a-Lago, look through the documents, decide what needs to be returned, and do that, or even at the most, issue a subpoena. Why in the world would they uh, uh, go for this kind of search warrant? Which, Which brings up this, Seth, which is the Justice Department has an obligation uh, of transparency, and they need to immediately release the search warrant, the application for the search warrant, and the affidavits that were filed with the search warrant by FBI agents so that we ourselves can judge whether they were justified in doing this. Uh, Hans von Spakowski is our guest from the Heritage Foundation. Yeah, Hans, that was actually my second thought after my first thought. I haven't practiced law in a lot of years, but it seems to me that in cases with people who are well-known, able to be found, uh, maybe they're even uh, they're even well they're they're even you know of of some of some of some wealth and notoriety. You would have 
lawyers from the government call their lawyers and work these things out. You would not send federal agents into their house at any point without a discussion that's negotiated first. It's just it was to me unheard of. Now, I know we've seen that precedent broken an awful lot when it comes to, I don't know, some of the other uh, actors in the um, some of the other people who have served in the Trump administration, Steve Bannon, Peter Navarro. We're, We're used to seeing this, but it never used to be done this way, did it? No, and and if you want to know whether the FBI and the Justice Department went overboard, just compare this to uh, Hillary Clinton. Right. Because right. remember, you know, Hillary Clinton's house in Chappaqua, New York, she installed a private server that was full of her government communications and included classified information from when she was the Secretary of State, um, her lawyers went through those emails, and they decided to delete 33,000 emails because she said, well, they were personal. They were not government uh, emails. And did the FBI raid her house? No. Did they charge her with um, retaining classified documents? No. They didn't do any of that. They just took her word for it. It must be nice to yeah. have that kind of power. Let me. This was a short segment. We have a little more time on the next one. Let me just hit a quick commercial break, and I'll be right back. I have some more questions I want to I survey with you. Hans von Spakovsky is our guest, manager at the Election Law Reform Initiative and senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Hans von Spakovsky is our guest from the Heritage Foundation talking about, obviously, uh, the news of the day and the uh, raid at uh, Mar-a-Lago yesterday. Hans, one of the things I was I was wondering about is if the Justice Department won't release the warrants, can the Trump legal team do that or would that be violative of uh, of some of the rules that surround these kinds of investigations before pending grand jury or something like that? Whether a grand jury is involved or not. Um, if I was Donald Trump, uh, my lawyers would be in court today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, filing actions to uh, stop the FBI's examination of these documents, to get a special mass to try to find out what they're looking for and mm-hmm. what the reason for this uh, warrant was, and at, at a minimum... Uh, asking that the court appoint a special master, uh, mm-hmm. someone independent, mm-hmm. who can look through these documents. And if, for example, there are documents that need to be sent to the National Archives, uh, separate those from the president's personal documents that the FBI has no right to have. Perfect. Hans, I'm going to ask you some general thoughts about the state of the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the Attorney General in a moment. But if I can, one more Uh, One more semi-specific question. If it turns out that the government was on a fishing expedition, doesn't have the goods, didn't go for particularity in the warrants or didn't have a good basis for it, does Donald Trump have any recourse under, I don't know, 1983, 85, 242, something like that? Is there any recourse uh, or does the Torts Claim Act kind of preclude anything? No, there are potential actions under uh, uh, certain civil rights statutes and under a very famous case you may have heard of called the, the Bivens case. Right, the old the Bivens, Bivens case. Rule, yeah. mm-hmm. Right, that, that was a case where someone sued, actually, FBI agents mm-hmm. personally for uh, what they were doing. Um, so there is 
potential action there. But look, there's one other thing to keep in mind, and that is, if this is about the president supposedly uh, keeping classified information, keep in mind that uh, a Trump official came out today, a guy named Cash Patel, uh-huh. who was the principal deputy to the uh, uh, director of the national intelligence, who said that he was in the White House when the president declassified all of these documents. Wow. If that is correct, and that was the basis for the FBI applying for this warrant, then they applied for this warrant on a false basis, the same way they applied for uh, electronic eavesdropping warrants under the FISA law during the whole Trump collusion hoax under false pretenses. Interesting. And, of course, it's worth reminding the audience that the president, while he is president, has full authority to declassify anything, anything, literally anything that is in his power. He would be the judge that and jury. That is exactly right. Yeah. OK. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So let me ask you generally, you used to be at the Department of Justice. What's your sense of it now? Has it has it become a, a, a highly politicized politicized institution? Is it beyond redemption? Does there's calls to defund the FBI by some precincts? Give me your overall thought about something we used to all very much revere and respect. Uh, the answer to all of that, unfortunately, is yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, Merrick Garland has weaponized the department to the point where they are using the powers of its law enforcement for political purposes. And just look back at what they did a year ago when the National uh, Board of uh, uh, the National Association of School Boards right. contacted the White House. The White House then talked to Merrick Garland, and what did they do? They formed a task force to label parents who show up at school board meetings to complain about uh, the propaganda being taught to their students as as domestic terrorists. That is partisanship. That is politicalization like we've never seen at the Justice Department. And and keep in mind, folks may not realize this, you know, the FBI is actually part of the Justice Department. Right. That's and, a good reminder. Uh, yep. what, mm-hmm. Yeah. And what happened just last week? Last week, there was a hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Chris Wray, the director of the FBI, was there. And he was confronted by uh, Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa over the fact that FBI whistleblowers have contacted uh, Chuck Grassley and told him about all this partisan political decision-making going on inside the FBI, which include... uh, Officials within the FBI during the 2020 presidential election doing everything they could to squash the investigation of Hunter Biden Mm -hmm. over his laptop Mm -hmm. because it could affect the election. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're at a situation where the remedy most available or most possible, most realistic at this point, would really be a political remedy, wouldn't it? I mean, it would require us us, I, I won't speak for you, for Republicans to over to take back the House and the Senate and engage in an examination or series of hearings on the Justice Department, the attorney general, and possibly, I mean, possibly uh, write up impeachment articles, right? I mean, that's really the most realistic solution to what we're seeing now, isn't it? Or at least the first realistic it, solution? It, it is. And I don't know if you saw it, but, you know, Kevin McCarthy, the current minority mm-hmm. leader in the House, who mm-hmm. will probably be the majority leader if the Speaker of the House, if Republicans win, you know, he sent out a tweet 
about how outrageous his behavior was and telling Merrick Garland and everyone else there, you'd better preserve all of your records yep. of this yep. because we're going to be doing intensive oversight and investigating your behavior. Hans, you've been generous. Just one last question, if I might. If if the um, if the FBI needs to be uh, routed or done away with, what what would be a successor type organization, or is one even necessary? No, I do think we need a federal law enforcement agency, and and I don't think we should get rid of the FBI, but. I think the uh, politics and partisanship that has infected the headquarters of of Washington over the past decade has got to be cleared out. And that starts with holding people accountable. That means going through and firing all of the agents, special agents, and everyone else who clearly have engaged in partisanship in leaking to the media, all the things that that you may recall, the Inspector General of the Justice Department complained about and noted when he issued his report on the whole Russia-Trump collusion investigation. That's right. That's right. right. And maybe even hire a special invest, uh, a special, uh, what what do we call him now, independent counsel, special prosecutor, I never know. Special counsel. Yeah. Maybe even put a special counsel on the case to investigate. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Hans von Spakovsky, you're always very clear, and I appreciate your time with us on this busy day. Thank you so much for your time and everything you do. Sure, thanks for having me. Absolutely. You betcha. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. I take their fruits and veggies every single day. They are responsible for my energy, my health, and my boosted immunity. Love the product. Haven't gotten sick since I began taking it some two or three years ago. I can't even remember now, but it is fantastic. Used to get sick several times a year. Just don't. You get a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables with just one daily dose. Balanceofnature.com, where you can get their fruits and veggies too. Just make sure to use discount code BALANCE. I guess a summary thought for this hour would, after especially talking to Hans there, Hans von Spakovsky, is to think about, you know, who governed. This was an old classical question of uh, democratic theory and political philosophy. And it's who governs the governors? We have this institution with tremendous power that by dint of our election, uh, by dint of voting, puts Joe Biden in office. He obviously appoints an attorney general who oversees the entire Department of Justice. The attorney general answers to Joe Biden. Who do these people answer to? Who do these who governs the governors? The theory, the theoretical answer in a you know Republican form of government or democracy has always been we do the citizens govern the governors. What happens when the law enforcers become lawless in and of themselves? The lawless in spirit, Abraham Lincoln said, are encouraged to become lawless in practice. And used to no restraint, they thus become absolutely unrestrained. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. And we seems to me need to revisit not just what laws may have been broken or what rights of Donald Trump's may have been violated. We need to think about what rights of all of us have been violated 
if the constitutional rights of someone are being violated, we used to say the constitutional rights of everyone are being violated. And the spirit of the laws, classical uh, 18th century work by Montesquieu, which helped inform Jefferson and Madison and the entire founding generation. Uh, in the spirit of the laws, Montesquieu writes, there's no greater tyranny than that which is perpetrated under the shield of the law and in the name of justice. Just because they are called the Department of Justice, just because it is signed off on by the Attorney General of the United States, just because the warrants were executed by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, does not mean under the shield of law and in the name of justice, lawlessness and injustice has taken place. We'll take some time to unwind this, of course. But if you're sensing a fury of outrage, that's the right sentiment. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.